0: Hey, this is Taylor Strickland, I'm one of the pastors here at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about our Second Students ministry, check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Second Students West. Enjoy the message. It's Always good to have you guys back. It's great to have worship and just get to see you guys and be together. Um, so this past month, we've been doing a series called Evidence, um, and we've been talking about the evidence of your faith and what that looks like and the fruits of the Spirit. And so this month, we're moving into a series, a new series called Good Medicine, as you can see up on the screen. Um, so I remember when I was a kid, my mom would always, when I would get sick and I'd have a sore throat, my mom would always pull out the greater and an onion, and she would start grating an onion, and I was like, oh, gosh, here it is, here it comes, and she would grate the onion until, like, it was all, like, really tiny little pieces. And when I tell you it smelled awful, it smelled so bad. And then she wasn't done there. She would grab the honey, like a big bottle of honey, and she would squeeze it into this gross little grating of onions, and it was like, oh, my gosh, it's happening, it's happening. And she would be like, okay, you're ready. This is gonna, like, make your throat feel better, and she'd have me eat those grated onions with all of the honey inside, and when I tell you it was nasty, it was so gross. Like, I can still imagine the smell of it, the taste of it. Like, I think about that, like, every once in a while, I was like, oh my gosh, she made me eat that. But it tasted awful, and it felt bad going down, but like a minute or two later, my sore throat was gone, I was good to go, I wasn't hoarse, I was, like, good to go. And that was my medicine, like, whenever I had a sore throat, whenever I felt bad, and it just tasted bad, but it made me feel better. And so this series is about how sometimes God uses the hard moments in our lives to help us, to help us grow, to help us feel better, um, to just be there by our sides. And so this series, we're kicking it off with a story about Gideon and how God helped him through a painful and hard time in his life. So if you have your Bibles on you, turn to to Judges chapter 6, Verses 11 through 24. Judges 6, 11 through 24. While you're turning there, I'm gonna give you a little bit of context to what we're about to read because it's Old Testament, I know. Sometimes it's hard to understand and a little bit confusing. So, a little bit of context. Right now, the Israelites are running away from, or sorry, the Israelites were in a time of unrest. So they had worshipped idols, worshipped gods who weren't the one true God, and so God is putting judgment upon them, and he is um, using justice. So he placed the Midianites, it's a people group that's really cruel and awful, he placed the Midianites over the Israelites. And so the Israelites are having to deal with these people that come into their land and steal their crops and steal all of their animals that they worked so hard to feed. I know you FFA kids know what that is, feeding and spending every day with your animals, and then people just take it away. So the Midianites were really strong and oppressive, and so the Israelites had to hide out in caves and in mountains and different spots that they normally wouldn't live, and they had to get adjusted to a way of life that they weren't used to. And so the Israelites just had to do Make do with what they had. And this is where Gideon comes into the picture. So again, Judges 6 11 through 24. <clears throat> the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah and belo- that belonged to jo- Joash the Abizurite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength and have Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But, Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Gideon replied, if now I've found a favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back to you and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I'll wait until you return. Gideon went in, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat. And the unleavened bread placed them on the rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. With the tip of the staff that was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is Peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abysserites. Okay, so the main point that I saw, the overarching point that I saw during this passage is that God saw something in Gideon that was not obvious. He saw something that we don't know yet. He saw a mighty warrior. And from this chapter, from this passage, we only know Gideon as the guy that's thrashing wheat against a wine press. Like, we know nothing else than that. We don't know that he's going to lead the Israelites into victory. We don't know that he's this big, strong man. We see him as this guy, this regular guy, hiding out in the mountains, not doing anything of importance. And so from there, we see our first point, that Gideon is hiding. In verse 11, it says, Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So threshing wheat is actually a way of separating the edible part of the wheat from the inedible part of the wheat. So what they would do is they would grab a whole bale of wheat and they would just hit it against the floor over and over and over again, And the edible part of the wheat would get separated from the inedible, and so they would just smash it and smash it. But normally they wouldn't smash the wheat in a wine press. they would smash it in a, sorry, let me find the word a threshing floor. And they would pull out the good from the bad. But Gideon, he threshed it on a wine press because he wasn't able to use a threshing floor. He didn't have that because they were running away from the Midianites. And so he used what he had. He was faithful with what he had to continue to feed and nourish his family and to move forward from there. He was pulling out the good from the bad, By being hit over and over again. The Midianites were hitting Israel over and over again with taking their land, taking their food, taking their resources. And so part of that is to God putting the judgment down was to separate the good from the bad. And here we see God pointing out Gideon's faithfulness during a time when he could have just sat there and done nothing and been like, well, I don't have a threshing floor. I can't do that. And we see Gideon choosing the good and the bad and growing in a season of hardship. And from here we move to Gideon doubting God. In verse 13, Gideon asked the angel of the Lord, but if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? He ends the verse by saying that the Lord abandoned him and then he had given him into the hands of the Midianites. He questioned God's purpose because the nation was going through a hard time and I know a lot of us sometimes do this, like when we go through hard times, when we go through struggles, when we're sad, when we're hurting, a lot of times we're like, God, why are you letting this happen? God why are you allowing me to feel this pain? And because the nation was being threshed against the wine press, because the nation was being pushed, because the nation was struggling and having a hard time, there was good being separated from the bad. And it can be so easy just to doubt God and His process. And it can be hard to understand why God is doing the things He's doing and how He sees such great things in such hard times. So, I have a question for you guys, just to start off the morning, wake you up a little bit. It's Sunday morning. Describe what I'm wearing. You're allowed to talk. I promise. White shirt. A white shirt. Okay. Black, jeans. black black jeans. That's good. Anything else? Sandals. sandals. Okay, good. So white shirt, black jeans, and sandals. But I can tell you right now, I'm actually wearing a pink shirt. Like, I think my shirt is actually, it's pink. I don't know why you guys are seeing white. Prove it. Okay, so, when I look in the mirror, I see pink. And a lot of the times, that's how we relate to God. God says something to us. He says that you're a mighty warrior. He says things like that. And we're like, no, we're not. We see ourselves through a lens. We see ourselves through the pink that we look in the mirror. And we say, God, I'm not a mighty warrior. I'm, I'm not wearing a white shirt. I'm wearing pink. What are you talking about? And so that's, really, that's where we move on to Gideon doubting himself. First he doubted God, and now he's doubting himself. After telling God about his doubt and his plan and what God is doing with Israel, Gideon expressed doubt about himself. So if you go to verse 14, it says, The Lord turned to him and sent him to save Israel from Midian. But in verse 15, he's doubting God. He says, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. He says, I'm not strong. I'm not special. I'm not, I'm not the best-looking guy in the world. I'm not the strongest guy. Like, my clan is the weakest. Like, out of all 12 tribes, mine is the weakest. And out of all the people in my weakest tribe, I'm, I'm nothing. And so God saw a mighty warrior. God saw the full picture. He saw this full story. He tore this down, and he said, I see you from where you're going. A lot of times we see ourselves where we're at, but God sees the end of the story. He knows where we're going, and he's the one that puts us there, and he's the one that helps us there. We're nothing without him. I'm just going to drop that. And it's just so easy for us to see ourselves through the world's eyes, through our friend's eyes, through our own eyes, but a lot of times we need to see ourselves through the eyes of God. We need to see ourselves in the image of God. We don't need to doubt God, we don't need to doubt ourselves. And God even, he's so patient, he's so patient with Gideon, and he's like, he says in verse 16, he says, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And so Gideon, in this big picture, this big scheme of things, he sees himself, and he sees what he can do. But God, he says, but this is what you can do with me, and this is what we can do together. And if I'm on your side, you're not going to lose, because I'm there for you, and I'm always there for you, and you are strong, you're a mighty warrior when God is on your side. And so God believed his plan for Gideon. He believed his plan for Gideon when Gideon was in hiding. He believed his plan for Gideon when Gideon doubted God. He believed his plan for Gideon when Gideon doubted himself. And he continued to declare Gideon to be a mighty warrior, to be powerful, to be strong, to be things that he couldn't have imagined himself to be. He continued to see Gideon without the filter of doubt that Gideon had adopted. And so, what does this say about us? what do we do? What do we, where do we go from here? I think the biggest takeaway I can get from this is that we are who God says we are. If no one else believes it, if we don't believe it, God says it and that's what we are, that's who we are. We are made in the image of God and we are who he says we are. If we trust God, we can accomplish his purposes for our lives. So we just need to trust God and know what he says is true.